look at us. No, we're so scary right now. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I'm going to talk like this the whole episode. Hey. Yeah, can hey, I get him a like tequila soda, please? Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> guys, look at us. Aren't we, aren't you You scared? guys have to pop over to Viz if you're on audio. Please look at visual right now. We worked so hard. Actually, we, we pulled this together really quick. Yeah, pretty quick. But was, the like process before all of this weekend, right? getting the costumes, figuring out all the details, that's where it was. We put a lot of work sure. in. Yeah. Uh, there was a whole lot of uh, back and forth for like what we wanted to be. But then on top of all that, we didn't have plans for Halloween weekend. So we were right. like buying these costumes without even like knowing what the hell we're dressing up for. But now we have plans. Now we have plans. And we're dressed up. And we're dressed up. What are you, Kristen? I am Chucky and um, a dead doll. The doll. Yeah. Not Rugrats. I'm like, you know, like the the killer doll. We all know who Chucky is at this point. I don't I'd hope think so. I need to. Yeah. Yeah. I completely dyed my hair red. This is not a wig. I really committed to the bit. So going to have red hair for probably the next two months. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's cute. I it, like it, it. It fits you. I think it'll fade really cool, cool too. It'll yeah. be like a cool like copper. And it, it didn't do anything to my brown, which I like. So I still kind of have my like rooted look. Who fucking cares? It's hair. I did. It's Arctic Fox too. And that dye just fades so nicely. And it's not just harmful. Good quality. Right, it's it's all vegan. I think you could even use it like on like kids and shit. So whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm Chucky. If you aren't gonna come over to visual, I'm pretty spot on. Yeah, I I even did like my face makeup too. I have little scars all over my face. And um, yeah, what are you, Alex? I'm Jennifer's body. Scary, scary. I wish I could like stand up. Um, do it. You want me to hold your mic? Yeah, to your mouth. I'll narrate it. She has a little skirt on. She put some blood. It's the white puffer scene, if you're wondering what it is. She has blood all over her puffer and her face. And then these really cool stockings. I They're think it's like, a cute outfit. Yeah. I realized that, like, I think the style for my body type is definitely, like, low-rise 2000s. This is it. This is it. Like, it's it's your cut. Like, there's something. I'm so comfortable. You're, like, embodying out. her, like, energy right now. Yeah. No, I'm going to fuck around and drink someone's blood. And kill somebody. Or she eats them, right? She sucks her. Yeah, she eats them. But, like, okay. it's for the blood. It's for That's the vibes. How, yeah, it's for the vibes. <laughs> I'll kill them because Chucky kills. And then you can eat Perfect. them. Perfect. What if they came with a movie? <laughs> Chucky and Jennifer's body. <laughs> no, what if there's, First like, crazy ever. murders this weekend in New York and, like, people think it's us because we said we were gonna i think about that every halloween i'm like <laughs> so who's gonna really commit to the bit this year oh who's gonna do it the purge. In a haunted house that too or like i always think about like like Hall halloween horror nights like somebody can dress up as a killer and then like actually yeah. walk around with a knife and people will be like oh my god it's such so a costume <laughs> and like they can like yeah i always think about that with like michael myers shit exactly. and like scream oh such a good costume. I know. I saw a TikTok earlier. I meant to send it to you. Maybe I did. It was two girls dressed as like colonial men. Oh my but God. Sexy version. <gasps> so they had like a skirt, your cut, but it was like khaki. And then they had blue coats. Shut the fuck up. And then up. they had like wigs and oh like that's so big good. glasses, but they were like sexy with it. <laughs> it was so, I'll find it and I'll show it to you. I'm like, I wish I saw this earlier. I would have. I would have totally done that this year. That's so good. I love how creative people are getting. Oh my God. Every year it's like, I feel like there's so much pressure to top your last mm -hmm. costume too. Like I'm like really excited. So we, you guys are watching this on Monday. So you have seen all of our shit. All of our shit. But tomorrow we're being Avengers. I'm being Thor. 
being Spider-Man. You're being yassified Spider-Man. I was going to say, I'm being <laughs> sexy Spider-Man. Sexy though. Spider-Man. So I'm being sexy Thor. For but sure. like, not as much as like sexy Spider-Man. Sure. I I mean, it's still pretty fucking sexy. You're in like a whole bodysuit. Yeah. It's like, it's just like a different It's just sexy. like a different sexy. But I ordered four different Spider-Man looks <laughs> for you guys to see which one would work. And the uh, originally I just wanted to do like an OG jumpsuit, head to toe, zipper in the back, like like almost like a little boy version. But then the one I ordered, it just like didn't fit right. And it honestly it was like really cheap material. Um, and stunk. It stunk so bad. I don't know what I was expecting. So as a backup, I found like a excuse me um a, like a bodysuit literally like a cute like high a part, neck yeah. like halter bodysuit and it fits perfectly so i'm gonna wear that with uh fishnets and then my big red boots and yeah it's, it's gonna be so good it'll be good it'll be comfortable but i just know i'm gonna be so cold like right now i'm warm i'm in a long sleeve and overalls and sneakers and like i'm gonna, I'm gonna be cold tonight because the tights but we haven't opened the door yet like it's it's crispy cool. outside you got a puffer though you'll be okay yeah and we're gonna be in, like everything we're doing we're gonna be inside for and sure. a club yeah no we'll be fine Tom- well tomorrow night our we're going to a pregame that's on a rooftop oh, yeah. so it's actually kind of cold we just gotta drink ourselves a sweater exactly exactly but speaking of avengers black panther is coming out mid-november or early november I think, in a few weeks yeah, right like november i want to say like 12th or 16th those two numbers are in my head but i soon- am so excited so i recently watched the first black panther just like a maybe like a few weeks ago and i was literally at the edge of my seat and i immediately turned on the trailer to the next one yes. after and i was like i i shed a tear yeah. Oh no. When I saw it the first time, I first, we were seeing a movie and I was like, hold oh on. My God. There's a new Black Panther coming out. I had like chills in my oh body. God. Have you heard the Rihanna song? No, it's already out. Yeah. She dropped it last night. It's so it's for the soundtrack for Wakanda. Oh yeah. fuck. It's good. It's good. It, she sounds, um, older in it. Huh. Like her voice is mature really? and it's like the song itself is like a soundtrack song. You could tell it's right. not it's not Rihanna. She's, she's not like writing about a love. It's about like power right. and like strength. Right. It's literally called it. lift me up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's good. Is, I, is her voice deeper? Um, maybe I have, guess you could say that. Maybe after having kids too, like shit change, like your yeah. hair changes, your skin changes, like maybe your voice changes. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. She just sounds more mature. Mm. It's not just, it's not like, but she, the song itself isn't like hype. So she's not hitting that. She's not like note. using her voice as much. Yeah. Okay. I need to listen to it. It's good. Um. Yeah. It got me, I listened to it today for the first time and it got me really excited for Wakanda. I'm so pumped. Like we were talking about this last night. I want to be there Thursday night, midnight premiere. Like, I haven't seen a premiere the night since it comes Twilight. out. Since, literally since Twilight. Like, yeah. we used to, like, camp out and shit. And I just feel like people don't do that anymore. Fully. We would go get Chipotle in Walnut Creek yep. and camp out We'd outside like, the theater. Yes, like, sit on the floor. In, yes, sit on the floor with our Chipotle probably at, like, 7 p.m. Yep. To sit in line. And then you had to be the first. Because they didn't, like, do pre-sale tickets. You had to, like, get your be in line to get right. your ticket for the show ah, that's so weird and like they would fill up the auditoriums why don't they do that no more literally like it's not even a midnight premiere anymore now things just come out thursday at like two matinee and shit yeah i it totally it takes the fun out of it yeah i just hype around cinema in general is just so different now like you 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 wait a lot half the people are waiting till it comes out on tv so they don't have to leave home like right a lot of people are honestly afraid of movie theaters now too which i 
you know, valid, but it sucks. It takes away. I mean, I have so many memories of when we were in high school going to like movie theaters in yes. general. We used to go. Oh my God. Oh my God. Let's, get a, little, yep, let's yep. get a little nostalgic. We would go downtown Pleasant Hill every Friday. And if you didn't go, you weren't it. You like, and you get dropped off on the movie theater corner and like, it was just like a party. Yeah. Like people were just standing there. Literally just standing there. With like your backpack still. Yep. Like you don't. And like, it would always be like, oh, I'm going because I want to go see Mikey because he's looking cute today. Yeah. <laughs> and we called it uh, down. We would just say, are you going downtown are you going tonight? Down, yeah. You going downtown? Will I see you downtown tonight? Oh my God. That like makes a shivers go down my spine. So like, that fun. was such a time of our lives. But I remember one time we all went downtown and usually we'd like walk around the park or like just hang out at Chipotle. But one time we were all like, I don't know if we were like all saved up our allowance that week or whatever, <laughs> but we literally were all like, should we go see this scary movie? And do you remember we, it was literally like our whole class yes. in the whole theater. Yes. We were piled on top of each other. It was so fun. Like Nobody, no one like, does you didn't that get kicked no out. More. You didn't like, get kicked out. Like literally everyone, we were all yelling, being so annoying and obnoxious sure. probably. Yeah. But like the fact that. I don't know. I wonder like what middle schoolers do now to have fun like that, like going out and not that doesn't have anything to do with social media or anything. We're really it's, like showing our age right now. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but like it, it is all social media. Like, sure. I'm sure kids are still out here having like kickbacks and whatnot, but like you're making a you're TikTok making while TikToks. you're doing it yep. and you're taking nice pictures to post to, that you were there to show you were there when, when we didn't care to take I, a picture. I don't even think I brought my phone. Exactly. Like, and I honestly, on the contrary, I definitely... I'm sad we don't have pictures of all these memories. Right. Like, that is really cool that these younger generations have that. But yeah, like you didn't, you didn't think about anything other than that being there moment. Yeah. What a concept. Mindfulness. Who would have thought we were doing that at <laughs> fucking 12? Seriously. Yeah. Now it's just like, oh, how does it look on the outside? Like, how can I post about this later? How can I make this aesthetic? Am like, I having enough fun? Fuck. Oh, it makes me so sad. It makes me really sad that my kids aren't going to experience I know. that. Me too. I, I think about that a lot. I still follow my old cheer coach. She's been my cheer coach since I was literally nine years old, started cheer, Sean. Mm. And um, she posted something. It was like a reel or something on her story the other day that was like, it was just like a montage of like high schoolers at cheer practice. And the caption on screen was those days where you just want practice to be done and you just want to hurry up and go home or like, you know, go hang out with friends, like really take a second and think about yourself 20 years from now and how you won't have practice and you won't (sighs) see your friends. It was like watching it like, wait, this is so true. (laughs) Like it made me so sad because there were times where I was like, I don't want to go to practice, but like the things I would do. What I would do. Yes. Yes. Completely. I um we need to join a co a co-ed like something sport team. I agree. I want that like team mentality back. Last night I actually dreamt about the Pleasant Hill Rebels. That was the youth cheer team I started on. And I had a dream like I think Leanna and Brie were in it, but we were this age. Like it was my our bodies now. <laughs> yes. But we were like I remember we were lining up and they were having us do three cheers to figure out the formation for the games, like who's in the first line, who's second line, third, so on. And um they kept they weren't looking at me the coaches I don't even remember who the coaches were in the dream and I was like oh, I want to be in the front line like, and they were like calling everybody but me like, ignoring you yeah it was one of those dreams like Fuck. like uh getting the last picked for like uh kickball or something yeah I, 
I guess I still dream about that shit. Oh <laughs> no, it was like a really heavy dream. I woke up and was like, oh, what? It, like, what is? What does that mean? Feel? Right. <laughs> like I tried to read into it, but then I'm like, uh, oh, you're gonna drive I, yourself crazy. I took melatonin last night. I think. Uh, I think that's why. No, we were sitting on the couch last night, and she's like, melatonin is kicking in. And I gotta go to bed. <laughs> It, I have like <laughs> I hate taking melatonin I it makes me sleep like kind of way too heavy and like I'm groggy the next day but I just have not been sleeping well because I stopped smoking weed and I smoked a lot of weed when we were in LA because I was just excited that like you had California weed exactly and I kind of like got back into my groove of smoking weed and then I came back here and tried you know tried to get back in my routine immediately as one does after travel and like I noticed a difference it was very sluggish every morning because I was continuing to smoke and then I just came to the confession that I, I think I need to stop again and just like trying at least get my sleep schedule back naturally and then maybe I could smoke again I, it's depending on it is the best right thing. like I like the fact that you were sitting here the other night and you were like fuck I want it so bad yes it, it's, it's always scary I know I know it, it did scare me I don't like the feeling of thinking I need like need versus want thinking I actually need something to operate I don't like that like mentality lack of control yeah yeah um but it, I whenever I have late nights of editing it's my favorite to smoke and just like hone in on an edit when I'm high I, I focus very well oddly enough and um when I'm not high I don't so it was one it was definitely one of those times where I was like I know I'd whip this out double time yeah but I have to stop at some point or it's just gonna get worse it's okay you you've been pretty good at like your um what do they call them tolerance breaks yeah you've been pretty good at your breaks but this is definitely the hardest one for some reason though probably because after the California weed right Okay, we already said what we're wearing, um, Chucky and Jennifer's body, but let's do song of the day. My song of the day is Stereo Driver by Q. Mm, one from earlier? Yeah, it was playing earlier, and this artist, I have one other song that I've liked from him. Let me see. Take Me Where Your Heart Is. It's a bit, it like, blew up. I don't know if it blew up on TikTok, but it, it got this. pretty big pretty quick mm -hmm. um and he just dropped this one in september stereo driver it's really good it is good it's it, a vibe it's it feels old yes because like one and of I, those songs my favorite genre and i feel like sometimes when people try to do the old thing it's like it's forced right yeah i actually was like i feel like i need to check the year this was published yeah like it's, it felt well, that's why old. i was like who is this yeah because it did true. it did feel, feel old um yeah we were listening to uh, my last song of the day was Cooped Up by Post Malone, uh, Mark Morrison, Sidekick, a few other people. And I listened to this morning. I was playing the radio of that mm. song. So it's my favorite thing to do. It, so like you could yes. find more of the same shit. Exactly. So that's how Q came on. And then another song I found from that same radio was Restless Bones by Disco Lines. It was kind of funky. It came on and Alex looks over at me and she's like, I miss summer. I was like. Hold oh. on, baby. It's barely sixty degrees. Like we got, we got no, some time. I was walking. I was walking home from getting my nails done this morning, and I was freezing. And I had a, I had a zip up jacket, which was like kind of lightweight. And then I had like a coat on. And I was, I was like thinking, wow, I'm really cold right now. And I checked the degrees, and it was only fifty two. <laughs> and I remember thinking, wow, this is like fucking nothing. Yep, this is fall, like this is warm fall. weather. Right. I still people. I, what i still people 
I still see people in just hoodies. Yeah. Barely that. Or just like long hoodies sleeves. Or like long sleeves and like running shorts yep. still. Like, whoa. We'll acclimate. Yeah. I was talking about it years. with um Amani today. I, mm-hmm. We both got our nails done. We go to St. Mail Lady. We were talking about the winter and she was like, honestly, I know it's intimidating. Like, I, it, yes, it's going to be cold, but just keep yourself occupied. I promise you'll be okay. She said, and we've talked about this a million times, but right. I love hearing it more and more because it Me makes too. it valid. Um, she's like, nothing shuts down. It's not like the city stays inside. Pe- like people still just get fucked up, love drink it. themselves a sweater. There's still <laughs> shows. There's st- like restaurants are still open till the same time. Like if if they're, if it's even going to snow, the city is prepared for it like 18 hours in advance. So the streets don't shut down. Like wow. you could still Uber everywhere. You could take the subway. Like it's, it's as normal. Long, right. As long as we are keeping ourselves out of the house, like, We'll be totally fine. Totally. That's what you're Did I say my song of the day? Yes. Okay. Those are <laughs> song of the day. And um, before we get into our topics, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And last week we talked a lot about love and standards and what we looked for in a relationship. And I actually had my therapy session immediately after we recorded that. And we talked a lot about my needs and like what what my wants are and defining my needs in relationship and specifically after my last relationship and like how that's changed since being single yeah and it really made me like zoom out and see how much has changed since my last relationship because of everything that happened in my last relationship right and don't you didn't it just like feel so much more productive that you had the session like we literally had both had therapy right when we ended the video like we were still in the height of the emotion yeah it was still all like at the front of my brain yep it's so beneficial if if you are able to talk to a therapist in like the height of the emotion that you're already in it's just so beneficial and better help is amazing for that because you can contact your therapist at any time and they'll get back to you in a timely manner when you're still in that raw emotion. BetterHelp is online therapy done in the comfort of your own home and they offer it worldwide, which is really cool because if you want like a specific type of therapy and they don't offer it locally, BetterHelp is great because you can match with someone who does offer that. Yeah, they have a really broad range of expertise, which is nice. There's all types of therapy and I think it's all about finding the type that's good for you. Also, if you're not vibing with the therapist you're matched with, you could totally change the therapist. They won't care. It's no extra charge it, it's totally fine to just switch it up switch it up yeah better help is also more affordable than traditional offline therapy and they also offer financial aid if you need it so if you guys want to check it out visit betterhelp.com slash advice that's better h-e-l-p and join the over two million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional special offer for advice listeners get 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com slash advice Thanks, BetterHelp. Okie dokie. We're going to get some spookiness coming out right in now. Right <laughs> now. Ready? Um, we actually came up with this episode with very little structure. We were just like, let's just be scary. Whether it's a scary story, a scary concept, a conspiracy. In past Halloween episodes, we've done murder stories and conspiracies. So we kind of want to stay along that like one subject each, research-based, like bring something to the table format. It seems like you guys really like that. So we actually don't know what each yeah. other is doing. And I was going to say, mine's not research-based. Okay. Yours but is... mine is, I'm going to be reading a short story. About? It's going to be spooky and I'm not going to tell you. 
what it's about. It's a short story. Oh. It's a it's a fictional Is it like story. A title? Yeah, it's called. Mary had a little lamb. She reads the whole book of To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> okay, so it's a short story that was submitted on this website called Readsy Prompts. And it's writers who go in and there's contests. Hmm. And they write fictional stories Sick. based on uh, different prompts each Rude. week. So this was the winner of this prompt. I'm not going to say the prompt yet because I don't want to give too much away. Okay. But the story itself is called Someone Has Died by Lonnie Russo. L-O-N-N-I-E-R-U-S-S-O. I'm scared. And this, I, I hope you guys like it. I'm going to try and read it like spooky. I want to okay. set the scene. If you guys could please go like lay in your bed turn in off the dark, all the lights turn off all the lights light a couple candles Ooh, I like this maybe like put on like white noise music Ooh. be like super creepy i want you to like really put yourself in this place okay, okay. should i close my eyes yeah picture yourself in bed <clears throat> oh, no i'm gonna get tired <laughs> we have to go out <laughs> okay a little trigger warning this story contains several depictions and descriptions of death okay someone has died of this, I am certain. I know it because I always know it. As I lie here alone in this big, empty bed and listen to the rain, I remember it as it returns to me. This feeling, this dread, skittering up and down my throat with a thousand little legs. I settled in my stomach like a great stone, a solid, sickening weight. It is rancid in its heaviness and unmistakable in its familiarity. Someone has died. I do not know who. I sit up and I take a long breath pulling my legs out from beneath the covers so that they can dangle above the hardwood, cold where I press my feet. The remains of chipped red polish color my toes. I had intended to paint them this week, but I could not choose a color. I have been told that I am bad at making decisions, too nervous to choose the wrong one, but I do not think that is true. Someone else has simply always been there to make them on my behalf, but I will make them now. I will call my daughter, I think. I move for the end table to retrieve my glasses they sit crooked on my nose and I push them back into place as I look at my cell phone. Plugged into the wall there. I wait for it to ring. I stare. I expect it, but it does not. I had told my husband at one time that we should keep the landlines, one in the kitchen and one in the bedroom, for hurricanes or when the power goes out. But there was no point, he had decided. No point when we had a family plan, which was expensive. But sitting here now, maybe there was a point, I think, and maybe I had not insisted hard enough. A person cannot silence landline phones. After all, not really. Not the way they do mobile phones at night. Maybe someone has called me already. Someone with the most awful news, and I did not hear it. Connie does not have a landline either. She may not even answer now. Or worse, she may no longer be able to. I shudder, picking up the device. No missed calls. I turn on the sound and begin to flip through my contacts, squinting in the dark. Connie will answer, I think, and she will be upset that I woke her for nothing. She will say that the children are asleep and that she just checked on them. Howard is out cold beside her, and yes, she is positive, sure, 100% certain that she can see the rhythm of his chest, up and down, up and down. He is breathing. He is breathing, and he is work in the morning. And so, I really should not bother them so early. There is nothing to worry about, and she will visit me soon. And we will get our toes done together, the pair of us. It must be the storm, she will say, the storm riling me up. Connie has always thought I worried too much, though, and maybe I do. I place the phone back down. I will not call her, I think. I have nothing to fret over. The phone has not rung. No one has called. And they always do it so tactfully, in hushed voices, as if the most terrible part of the announcement is the waking. The oh so sorry for disturbing you, ma'am. I stare at the phone again. I wait. It does not ring. I hover a hand over it, but I do not pick it up to make the call. I should not disturb her, but someone has died. Of this, I'm certain. 
My father died when I was six years old. I first felt this peculiar nauseous feeling, the sensation of knowing, as I lay in a bed much smaller than this one with a delicate white metal headboard, wrought into the shape of flowers. I awoke and stared at the ceiling, taking a long, labored breath and pulling the heavy comforter up to my chin, just as I always did to fight off the wind that could fill the room in the winter months. It rattled the windows and it rattled me, shaking me very shaking my very bones as I rolled over to look at the little toy chest across the room. It had been gifted to me by some distant cousins when I was very, very young, too young to recall the party, but it had sat there for as long as I could remember as if it had always existed there alongside me. It now sat properly shut for the night, but that was when the sensation came over me for the first time, this indisputed, terrible stone in my gullet softly as not to disturb my parents i pulled myself upward to sit atop the mattress and crawled to the floor i crept inch by inch across the room my hair dangling over my face i paused above above the toy box and stared down at it and for the reasons i even now cannot dare to say i opened the lid i do not know how my father got inside (gasps) but i saw his bulging bloodshot eye staring up at me in the dark the rest of his swollen features obscured and buried, buried by the cut. Oh the rest of his swollen features obscured and bu- buried by the clutter. A baby doll whose own hinged eyes have broken forever open. A spinning top, a velveteen teddy bear, an assemblage of blocks. My father's eye looked up at me from beneath them all. No. It blinked. Oh. Ew. And at last he said my name. His voice, hoarse, a hollow, splintered noise uttered through unseen lips from the very depths of his ravaged throat. The worst noise I ever heard. Cassie. I ran, and from the upper railing, my face placed flush between the wooden rods. I found my mother standing in front of the hallway, clad in her checkered nightgown. She wore her hair in curlers then and pressed up against a dark, wallpapered wall. She stared at the telephone in the alcove by the door. She stared, and I stared at her staring. And I know now that she knew I like... And I know now that she knew like I know. But most people can tell, I think, even if they do not realize it. They pick it up in the chilliness of the air, in the lateness of the hour, in an unnatural flicker of a piece of fabric. These tiny signs that something is amiss, that the universe has shifted. They create in a person, a person with enough sense to see, a terrible sinking, heavy feeling, and finally, the phone rang. Sometime later, my mother found me huddled by the doorway in my bedroom. I did not dare go back in, but I had retreated there to cower after a few minutes of listening. She smoked a cigarette, as she told me, a nervous habit people still did around their kids then. But I already knew, of course. I knew that my father had died. I learned later, not from my mother, that a towering industrial shelf in his warehouse had collapsed, and he had been buried by its contents. And I had found him just like that, entombed in my toy box, some grotesque phantom vision caught, like a crude, blurry snapshot of the moment of his death. But he was not there when my mother closed the chest again that night, and he did not return. The feeling, however, had been there. This terrible sensation of knowing, the awareness of death. I had felt it then, and I feel it now. I really should call Connie, I think. I pick up the phone, and as I look down at it, my finger hovers over the lock. But I do not press down. I should not bother her. Instead, I tuck the device back in place, and I rise from the bed. I rise, and if compelled, I move for the closet. The mighty wooden armoire perched right beside the window, where the rain still patters. I stare at it, and I reach out a hand, but I hesitate. 
I hesitate because I think that if I open it, I might find someone staring back. Uh. A rotted specter come to visit. Perhaps it did not know where else to go. I do not deign to know the motives of decaying ghosts. And I still, even now, do not know why I saw my father that night. Only that at his funeral, I cried because they had once again put him in a box. And maybe that was it. After all, the soul searched for a box in which to be put. And maybe that was it. After all, the soul searched for a box in which to be put now that its fleshy container had lost it. With a bracing breath, I grabbed the golden knobs. I should go back to bed. I should not open it. I should not open it because if I do, I may regret it. But if I do not open it, I will have to sit here and wait and stare at the phone until it begins to ring, which I, of course, know it will. And so, closing my eyes and rearing back my head so that I may not have to look, I grasp the handles and I tug. I tug and the armoire opens. I do not peek. I count to three in my head, and in the very back of my mind, I can see Connie now. Think of her as a child, in a red dress we had bought her for Christmas. I should like to remember her that way, I think, now... Not how I remember my father, not as a faceless black blackened eye in a box. I turn back my head. I take another breath and I open my eyes. I see clothing and only clothing, a closet full of patterned blouses and dresses I have so, so few opportunities to wear, but I will have to pick something out now in black for the services, I think, for whichever one I will have to attend. Not that one though, but maybe this one. I decide reaching out to f run my fingers along the edges of a dark collared dress with silver buttons down its back. No, maybe not. Reaching into the armoire again, I pull out a dress with a low waist, a black rose stitched on the hip. I could wear it with a long silver chain my husband bought me. I think the one with the silver charms, but maybe that would be too garish, too bold for such a grim occasion. No, I think I could wear it with my mother's pearls. They're more understated. I note it when she died too, but she had gone suddenly. No, not like a lamp abruptly turned out before the dark. Her own end had come gradually. Like the waning glow of sunset, bit by bit, until night could be the only natural expected conclusion. The phone rang in the middle of the afternoon that day when I had been folding laundry, the weight of knowing in my stomach. The sunset. The sunset line. I really liked that. Really good. That was such a good analogy of death. The hospital had told us to go home and to rest that morning and that they would call if anything changed. But something had indeed changed before they decided to tell us. I wandered in the kitchen that day to find Connie already with the telephone's cord jumbled around her elbow. And I knew for certain. I should call Connie now, I think. I should have her check on Howard and the children. No, no, it would wake them. They would be upset. And really, it is just as likely to be a coworker or someone from the church. These thoughts bring no comfort. But still, wrapped in them, like a terrible frayed quilt, I reached into the closet once more, shifting through the row of heavy clothing in search of the long-sleeved dress with the belt. I will wear that one to the funeral, I think. It might be the proper choice because I had worn it to my husband's funeral. Hmm. I was alone in bed on the, right, on the night Richard died. He had been working late, as he so often did, and I had fallen asleep early with the television on, lulled by the lullaby of commercials and rain. I awoke as if from a nightmare to find an infomercial, infomercial about a countertop grill just starting to loop. The feeling once again took hold as I rolled over to check the alarm clock, blinking red, and I lay there for a good while watching my phone curled up in a ball beneath the covers as some sports star extolled the virtues of sleek design, grease traps, and easy cleaning. Mm -hmm. The phone rang at 2.27 in the morning, and it was on the third chime that I felt a sudden shift in the bed beside me. A ragged, heavy breath ghosted my ear, hot and garbled, the way a person chokes, and the familiar weight of an arm stretched over to wrap around my shoulder. The exhaling came, then, again, 
and again, a steady labored noise rattled in some phantom throat, but I did not dare to turn around. I wished now that I had, but I did not. I stared forward. I did not blink, and I picked up my cell phone plugged into the wall there. Hello? There's water in the car, Cass. Oh God, there's so much water in the car. I let out a long breath at Richard's voice, distorted by static, and all at once the bed was empty again, and only silence was ringing in my ear. A police officer told me a few days later that his little silver Ford had been caught in the sudden storm and that he had swerved too hard around a bend in the road. He had died from the collision when the vehicle hit the water, they said, and the drop was too high for any other possibility, of course, so at least he did not drown. Something said to me as if it were a genuine comfort. And he had not been conscious to see the water filling his car. They did not find his phone. Oh God, I should call Connie. I cannot take this anymore. Turning from the armoire, I move once more for the bed. For my telephone still plugged into the wall, perched there on the end table, I stare and it rings and I scream. I can recall, even from where I am now, that it was a full, horrible noise hurled from the depths of my stomach. And if I were finally letting that terrible great stone out, the one that had been sitting there within it, it echoes from the very core of me but I do not answer the phone. My neighbor in the apartment next door is a nice young man. He has shaggy hair and an earring, and he checks in on me from time to time. I stir him from sleep with my wailing, and he will, a few moments from now, come to knock on my door. I do not answer because I'm picking up the telephone to see that I have a missed call from Connie. And shaking there in my dark bedroom, as he knocks, I decide to dial her her again. My neighbor will call the police. He will tell them that he heard a scream a little bit after three in the morning, and he will tell that same story still for many many years to come whispered around darkened tables and across the occasional campfire the police will call connie and she will tell them that she had been laying awake all night herself tossing and turning with a great heavy weight in her stomach she will tell them that she had called when she could no longer bear it but i did not answer even though her her own phone will ring a few seconds later She will answer it to hear only her name. She will say, uttered desperately through a flurry of static, but there will be no record of that call, and they will not believe her, citing technical glitches or tricks played by fear. And when they break down my door, they will think I had fallen asleep with my armoire doors open and my glasses on the floor. I had not, but they will find me just as I found myself, blue-faced, breathless, covered still by the mounds of blankets in my own empty bed, where I lay for many motionless hours by then. Someone has died of this, I'm certain. Someone has died. It is I. What the hell? All these, I'm confused. All these tenses, like, it sounded like she she died. Yes, but like, it sounded like she was waiting for someone else to die. Was she gonna, just planning on killing herself? No, I think she just has that gut feeling when people died, but she didn't know she was the one who died. Ah, got it. She thought her daughter died. Okay. Got it. Was that creepy? That was creepy. The I'm still thinking about the toy box thing. The, no, the toy box was it. I think that got me hooked. Dressed like a toy right now too. Yeah. I was like, That's is it me? me. <laughs> <laughs> I, that that was fucking creepy. I I hope you guys like that. I read it and I was like, okay, this is, like I pushed my laptop away from me. You're like I think that's the one. Yeah. No, it's fucking creepy. That's like a psychological. Like the whole time I was trying to, I kept thinking okay I understand where this is going and then something would switch and yeah I mean it was written so well it was written really beautifully I mean I that's I think that's why it was the winner of that prompt oh let me read yeah what was the prompt write about a character who is pathologically ambivalent until something shakes them up what's ambivalent so I think that means like let me look it up uh having mixed feelings or contradictory ideas about something or someone so like Hmm. it's that gut feeling in her stomach like something's wrong I don't know what exactly okay um 
And then the thing that shakes them up was the fact that she was dead herself. That's Imagine such a having crazy that perspective. gut feeling, knowing someone died. Mm. I mean, maybe we'll have it. Knowing that I die? Yeah, I After I died? Know. Yeah. Who knows? I didn't have a gut feeling. Did you have a gut feeling? With my grandma? Yeah. Absolutely. You did? Absolutely. That's. I literally was making bruschetta. And I stopped like I was like I all I had to do was put it on the bread. Yeah. But I stopped mixing the tomatoes and was like I was in the kitchen. She was in the living room. So like that's like where her bed was. You felt it. Yeah. I felt like a, a stillness in the air really. And like um, it wasn't like a scared or a sad. It was just like a total redirection of my focus and energy was to her all of a sudden. Yeah. More than it already was the whole weekend. And I yeah, I walked you over knew. and I was like, oh. I didn't know with my grandma, but I knew when I woke up when, with my Opa. Did mm. I tell the story about the clock? I don't know. I don't think I had, I told the story. So when my Opa passed away, um, we had seen him at the hospital the night before. And the morning after, we were going through, or the day before, we were actually going through a lot of um, his things. And there's this old Dutch clock that he has. And my dad gave it to me. And super old, doesn't work. Like, I think the face is even cracked. Mm. He had given it to me that day. And then the next morning, you know, those like split seconds when you wake up, but you're like not awake yet. They say there's like seven seconds where your brain's like not fully functioning. In those seven seconds, I heard the clock ticking. Mm. And I, I remember like having a conscious thought like, oh, maybe it does work. Like maybe my dad just like didn't like i don't know set it right or whatever it for sure works and then i woke up and the ticking stopped and like two minutes later my dad walked in and was like opa passed last night or this morning at like 4 a.m yeah so i think it was him i mean for sure like that stuff's so real and that part of the story where it said like the police will say it was something that was just induced by fear blah blah blah. i hate how much we write that off like We're like not crediting ourselves enough with like being able to pick up on that shit. Yeah. It's, it's that's the human connection. Exactly. Especially with family members. Like it's one thing to, you know, feel doom and like a societal level. But like when it's someone like your blood, like, yeah, you're going to fucking feel it. Mm-hmm. It's part of it's you. bloodline. Exactly. That was a good story. Good job. You're Thanks. good reading. That was good. Like yeah. popcorn reading. Ooh. Yeah, okay. Good. Thanks. I was kind of <laughs> nervous, guys. No, it felt like class. Like I was like, I can't talk. Like I started petting Link and I was like, hands to myself. Like Pay I, attention. Right. Like I felt like I had to like focus. That was really good. I hope you guys were spooked. So I'm not doing a story. I'm kind of doing like a. I'm so excited. Like a. I'll just fucking tell you what it is. I don't know why I'm hyping it up just to tell you a second later. I'm going to talk about the invention and the history and the science behind the Ouija board. <gasps> this is so good, Kristen. <laughs> um, I was, I like was weirdly immediately called to do this, which is ironic because I fucking hate Ouija boards. You're so against them. So against them. I won't fuck with them. I don't like the fact that I'm even giving it this much of my time right now is like, I'm, it's a lot, but what I read about it, I think made me feel a little bit better. Good. And, uh, I talked to Chris about it, which I'll get into too. So like, I don't know, there, there's there was just like an interest I had. And I'm actually, now that I did the research, I'm glad I really dove in. I figured with any presentation, let's start with the definition. If you don't know what a Ouija board is, it is a flat board game with letters of the alphabet arrayed in two semicircles above the numbers zero through nine. There are words yes and no in the uppermost corners and goodbye at the bottom. And each board comes with a planchette 
which is a, it's French for little plank. And it's a teardrop shaped little device that you slide around on the board with the people that you're playing with or yourself. You can also do this alone. Um, and it has a small window on in the middle of the planchette that reveals what letter it's selecting. Trying to communicate. Yes. Or the yes or no or goodbye. Um, I never knew about the goodbye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You you have to say goodbye. That's like a big oh, thing. Oh, that's how you end it. Yes. And you if close you the doors. Correct. Yeah. And like <gasps> a lot of people don't. And then like shit hits a fan. Um. Yeah. So the name, it's Egyptian for good luck. I couldn't find one like direct reason why it was named that. There was a few different like concepts as to why it was called Ouija. There was also one that Ouija, so it's O-U-I-J-A, is the combination of French and German for yes. How do you say yes in German? Ja. And how do you spell it? J-A. So we is yes, and then ja. Yes, yes. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Is it like Hasbro? Like who It is now. Oh, it is? So it's Hasbro now, but I'll get into that. Okay, okay. I was going to say. Yes, 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 yes. Who makes these? So you can buy them today for about 20 bucks. Uh, the first one was around $1.50, which is so crazy to think. Um, it was created in 1886 in Chestertown, Maryland, and it was officially named the Ouija board in 1890. Um, going back to, I meant to say this, going back to the, the planchette that, I hope I'm fucking saying that right. All right, Google said I pronounced it right. The planchette. It was in 1100 AD. It was it was traced back all the way there that the Chinese Song Dynasty used it as like an automatic writing device. So that's kind of all I found on that. But hearing automatic writing does kind of feel like the Ouija board because right. you're, you're you spelling a and, sentence exactly. You spell words, sentences, whatever. So that's little backstory of the planchette but yeah created 1886 called the ouija board in 1890 july 1st 1890 it was officially like started to be like mass produced and elijah bond and uh jishnu thyagarjan look how i literally had to like spell out the thing t-h-y-a-g-a-r-a-j-a-n wow. last name uh, those are the two people that invented it. So they created it then. And then about a year later, February 10th, 1891, they officially patented it. And the patent number is 446,054. And to put it in perspective, we are currently in the 11 millions for <gasps> patent numbers. So it's like such an OG. Oh my God. Really cool. That's so cool. So when it was patent, patent, I, mean, I can never say Pat- that. Patented? Patented. 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 patented whatever they had to bring it into the office obviously like the person had to like is this real like why am i how am i gonna pass this if it's just like a little phony board and it it, the light just turned off in there are you serious yeah nope i'm done i can't do this i'm dead ass that's crazy no i like i want to leave the apartment the light fully just turned off in the bedroom yeah we can't i'm sorry i'm like i'm really scared right now (laughs) like uh, we're not even like this what the fuck? <laughs> you had a light on in there, right? I don't know, did I? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I saw, did you see my eyes like flicker over? It wasn't that. Okay. Um, I went in there and I tightened it like my light bulb was loosened. That's why the light went off. That was very weird. I don't like that. No. <laughs> like I, I promised we're being serious like that. Did you do it again? Also, when I walked in there to check on the light bulb. Ah. Uh, I saw my face. 
Uh, I was like, ah, <laughs> I'm bleeding. Like, I, it's weird to see my face like this. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to keep going. I, I really s- stayed on the, like, history of it because I, okay. I don't know. Let's just, let's just keep going. Oh, I'm scared right now. No, I know. That <laughs> fucked me up. That fucked me up. So after it was patented, patented. uh, it was February 1981, and that's that's when they really started to market it. There were advertisements for it, like people. It, it was phrased the wonderful talking board. It was marketed as this magical device that can answer questions about your past, present, future, other people that have passed. Like really, this this tool. A lot of people were using it as a tool, and it had a lot of accuracy for a lot of people. So that built it, the hype even more. Yeah. It really caught on. It also got really popular in like the 1910s and 20s because it it was something that people started to lean on during those like uncertain times and when they were losing people like they were using, using it. it. Yeah, it was kind of eerie. Whoa, that like like a magic eight ball. Yes, but like but like for talking to people, <laughs> right? <laughs> By 1944, one department store sold 50,000 boards. <gasps> That, wow. And then in 1967, 2 million were sold. That year it outsold Monopoly boards. <gasps> when I when I heard that I was like, "Oh no." Like Monopoly. Oh, and like to think of that time like the late 60s, a lot of serial killers. Yep. A lot of like scary shit. Like that's mm-hmm. when my my mom described and like my grandma too. That's when like people started locking their doors. Yeah. A lot of like Things started to go downhill. Got late a little 60s. darker. Got a little darker. Probably because everybody was fucking playing with Ouija boards. Yeah, I know. They opened something up. That's why I don't fuck with them. I was always told don't mess with them. Like I had friends growing up that would play with them and I would literally choose to opt out and like go sit in the room. Didn't Don't even want to touch it. I've never owned one. I just. I don't think I ever played with one. Good. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, if I did, I don't remember and like nothing happened. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I don't fuck with it. okay so in 1971 the exorcist came out that's another thing i don't fuck with i don't fuck with the exorcist and i don't fuck with ouija boards you know those and butterflies these are the three (laughs) things i just thank you come again those are on your no way list yes the exorcist that movie was shaped around a 12 year old regan who was possessed by a demon after playing with a ouija board oh i didn't know that so after that movie came out people were like oh fuck (laughs) like i have one in my garage right now like this could happen to me and based off what i researched that's when it people really started to fear it so before this it was like this tool that was still like kind of spooky kind of witchy but then that movie really it turned into this darkness and probably is a big reason i am afraid of it yeah. because that was we, when my parents probably learned about it and then my mom always told me about it like it you know it got dark energy on. and i think that time all of us all of a sudden being afraid of it also gave it that power mm-hmm. of darkness and it's like feeding into it. <gasps> yeah. So after that, the Ouija board became a tool of the devil. And it was said that a lot of religious groups started saying it was Satan's preferred method of communication. People were burning them. People were getting rid of them. And yeah, just all that darkness. So back to Hasbro, they bought it in 1991. And that, that was when it was like totally mass produced. And when they were first, made they were wood and then hasbro does like plastic the plastic ones like now. foldables exactly now that like literally have monopoly boards <laughs> fold up so now that hasbro has it it's like it takes away the luster of it even if it is like dark and because it's very pa- it's a powerful tool right and like the fact that hasbro just like has their logo on it like right. the smiley face like blue, it's a blue square right yeah hasbro, the smiley that's so weird how we know logos like that always yes. freaks me out. like i don't i don't know why i know that but i just it's burnt my fucking 
skull. You could see it. I looked up vintage Ouija boards when I was doing this too. And oh, they're so pretty. They're they're fucking gorgeous. <laughs> like they're so pretty. I saw one that someone put in between two things of glass and made like a um coffee table. Sick. And I was like, that's so cool, but no absolutely not way. putting that in my house. No fucking way. I, I was I meant to tell you I saw a coffee table on the street today outside of uh, our place. But I was on my way to my nail appointment. You should have called me. We could have like ran it up real quick. I think it might have been a little too big, but it was like gold and like. Oh my God, Kristen. I'm so mad at you right now. I think it was a little too big. Sorry. We could have measured it. I didn't have a measuring. (laughs) Actually, there's a measuring app on our phones now. Sorry. It's okay. Lost off. (laughs) That's crazy you did that. So that's pretty much the the gist of the history, but this is supposed to be a spooky episode. So I want to say some stories that have happened with Ouija boards in 1921, a New York times reporter reported a woman in Chicago was sent to a psychiatric hospital and tried to explain that she wasn't suffering from mania, but that the board told her to leave her mother's dead body in the living room for 15 days. And then she buried her in the backyard. Oh my God. Said that the board told her to. Imagine, and like, like, I believe her. Absolutely. I believe her. Absolutely. Ima- <gasps> but, like, imagine your mom dies and your first thought is to go to the Ouija board and, like, ask, what do I do next? And but that's what it, I mean, and it was 1921. Remember I said oh. in those years, people were like, this is a tool. Like, I could ah. use this to talk to people. <gasps> she passed. Like, I have to ask her what, what she, she wants. probably wants with her body. Yes. Oh, my fucking God. Yes. And you know. know what? Mom probably said, bury me in the backyard. But not two weeks later yeah that's crazy yeah like okay um in 1930 two women in buffalo new york they murdered another woman because the ouija board told them to a lot of these are like the ouija board told me to i saw several stories with that same like i was told yes i was told literally murdered somebody because the board told them to in 1958 mrs helen dow peck She's very wealthy. She left only $1,000 to her two former servants, but then left $152,000. Again, this is 1958. (laughs) $152,000 to Mr. John Gale Forbes, who was a spirit that contacted her through the board. Completely rewrote her will because a spirit was like, shut the fuck up. What does a spirit need cash for? The ghost story? (laughs) I don't know, but it... Uh, I think I also read with that same story. They, the the judge like overruled it and was like, "Thank fucking god!" Because like economically, like where right. are you gonna put that money? Like literally, where's grave? the transfer? What's this? I die upon my money in a grave. <laughs> What's this ABA what? routing number? What's this Venmo? <laughs> you go to Venmo. Ghost one two three <laughs> underscore. No, this is not funny, Alex. It's supposed to be scary. No, honestly, I'm using humor because I'm really fucking scared right now. I know. I guys. keep looking at that room. I know. But. Sorry. Okay, this next one. It's a little bit longer. I found it on Reddit. My buddy Roger had a basement at the foot of the basement. You already know it's scary. You had a fucking basement. Absolutely. <laughs> at the foot of the basement stairs was a door. This door closed off the basement slash pool and darts room from the rest of the house. The only problem is after so many years, the door really swelled up and was no longer able to close. Trying to close the door was a task. It had swelled so much that the flooring had actually gouged out from the door scraping so hard. We all know those doors. Yep. Super old doors. Can't get in the hinge anymore. They're always open, but like you leave it. Roger, myself, and two other friends are playing around with the board in the dark. After about 15 minutes of goofing off, Roger's mother calls him up for dinner. He doesn't go. More shenanigans ensue for maybe another five to ten minutes. 
Roger's mother gets heated. We can now hear her stomping across the house above us. She gets to the stairwell stairwell and screams, Roger, get your ass up here. Dinner is ready. Roger responds, okay, okay, give me two more minutes. Mother responds, don't just stand there at the foot of the stairs. Get up here. Now, here's the problem. We're roughly 15 to 20 feet from the door. There's no way she sees Roger at the bottom of the stairs. Roger exclaims, we're sitting at the bar. And the moment the word bar leaves Roger's mouth, the door that nobody can close slams <gasps> shut with a purpose. I just got chills. Absolutely fuck not. The four of us immediately went from joking around to screaming in panic as we couldn't open the door. Roger's dad jumped through the basement window and had to kick the door open. I never went back to Roger's house. Damn. He lost a friend that day. <laughs> he lost a brother. <laughs> No, Roger's like, guys, come on. <laughs> it's my fault. Like, it's cool. It's clear. We fixed the door. I wouldn't go back to fucking Roger's. No. So they were using the Ouija in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why he's like, five more minutes. Like, they were fucking around the board. I she, hate that. She said that. She, sorry, I keep looking at my room. No. She saw him at the bottom of the stairs. He wasn't there. Uh-uh. That's, okay. That's one where it's like that's out of human control like the murder ones and like oh the Ouija told me like there is a side it could still be mania right right this one is like holy shit you opened a portal in that basement yes and a door that never closes and like they had to kick it down like how did it slam so easy that much force fucking with someone's like what they're seeing yeah they're like that's yeah that's another level okay um so yeah i I believe this shit. I do. Again, that's why I don't fuck with it. But when I was researching it, I was like, okay, I kind of want to like bring this back to earth and look up the science behind it. Because mm. it being so popular for over a hundred years now and it being a tool for so many of those years, I I've had a feeling like someone would have had some maybe good experience with it or useful experience with it. Right. And I actually found a lot of science behind it wait okay so can you describe like how you you use it so you put two fingers on the did you you didn't say this yet right the planchette thing yeah um yeah two fingers one finger you could do it's not the amount of fingers i don't think matters okay but pretty much you play with yourself or a friend and you you usually start with yes or no questions because you it's like a lie detector test like you have to like gauge it's like it's um uh legitimacy legitimacy gotcha and then you can ask certain questions i'm not going to give examples but you can ask certain things to step forward or you know you you ask what you're what you want to looking for and um if something is channeled the planchette moves and it could spell things out there was actually another story i read that was like uh someone's father passed away and there was a box with a code on it, like a safe a security box or whatever, but she didn't know the code and she got literally got the code through the Ouija and it was right. And she was able to open the fucking box. Whoa. Like that's huh? yeah, that's crazy. Okay. So, uh, God, I didn't write down the year. I'm so sorry, but it, this, this is like a recent study. I'd say within the past, like 10 years tops. Okay. Um, these two scientists, Dr. Ron Rensink, professor of psychology, computer science, Psychologist Helene Gaucho and sorry, there's a third scientist, Dr. Sidney Felt, the professor of electrical and computer engineering, did a study of what happens when somebody uses the Ouija board. So their first study, they had a robot in another room and then they had two people in a, a separate room playing with the Ouija board. The robot 
they they told the people, hey, we have a robot in the other room that's going to mimic your movements. But in actuality, the robot is going to amplify the movements. But they told the the two people that were part of the test this so that they can believe them, believe that like they were in control. Got you. So they started with yes or no questions uh, about like they didn't do anything scary. They did like sports facts or whatnot. And they noticed when they asked the people verbally, their answers were correct about like 50% of the time, which they figured like any guess is 50%, obviously. So they were like, okay, that tracks. But when they used the board and they believe like when these people thought that the answers were coming from something else, you know, the board's giving us the answers to these questions. They were right over 65% of the time. Whoa. So they were like, what the hell? Like, how are they able to like get it right when like we know they don't know the answer, but something's telling them the answer. Now hearing this, I'm like, because a fucking spirit's giving the answer, like, (laughs) duh. But like, they weren't asking spooky questions. So they thought, it was coming from their non-conscious brain. I was going to say your subconscious is smarter than your frontal, right? Completely. And I don't I don't know if non-conscious and subconscious is different because mm. I thought that too, but they were using when I read the study, they were using the word non-conscious. Oh, interesting. And it was pretty much when I looked into it, it just a little bit more. Again, I'm not a fucking scientist. I didn't research too crazy. Um, it's for a podcast. But they the non-conscious is the things you like you take in it sounds so stupid but like unconsciously so it could even be driving down the street you see you know a kajillion billboards driving down sunset you are taking in every single one right and they're saying like when you when these people were giving the power to this external force the board they were able to maybe you know take away the the shame of getting the answer wrong Mm. or whatever it may be and they were able to tap into this other side of their brain because they were believing that something else had the accurate answer when in reality they had it whoa interesting yeah so they did the test again they did two people no robot but uh they were blindfolded one of the people was in on it so really the test i guess was only on one person again they're blindfolded homie number one's in on it homie number two's not Homie number one takes off his blindfold. So the test patient's the only one with the blindfold now. Okay. Also takes their hands off the planchette. Oh, so now the person who's blindfolded. Like they're fully in control. Fully. Fully in control. They ask questions and it starts moving in test number two, the blindfolded is like, stop moving it. What? Like (gasps) they're like complaining that number one. Someone's fucking with it. And their hands are literally up. So the conclusion they came to is it's part of the ideum motor effect which is our brain replicating muscular movements for what we're expecting to happen um an analogy was like crying when you watch something sad yes that's like a lot of other things firing in the brain but like it said like that reaction where you like this is sad i know i should be reacting this way they compared it to that is it like that trick where you like put your finger up oh and you like and you like rub both sides and and you can feel it um is it like that? I don't know. Cause it said muscular movements. Yeah. But it feels, it feels like it might be something like that. Yeah. yeah. 
Like you, you're like, you're putting the puzzle piece there. You know what it, you know what I feel like it's like, you know, that trick where someone like holds your arms to your sides, hella tight. Yeah. And, and then tells they, you to push out, push out, push out, push out. And you like force it for like a minute. You have this like tension, tension, tension. And then the second they take their arms away, like you relax your arms and they start floating up. And you're like, that I'm could not be, doing this. And like, you're not. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's that effect where like your brain knows that it wants to be doing that. Yes. Yeah. And okay. like your muscles were just doing that. So like you do it. What do you believe? What? What? Like, do you think that's Absolutely it? not. It's fucking spirits. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. My light just turned off. Shut oh. the fuck. Did it? No, no, no. Oh. I'm saying like in general. No, I'm scared. No, we you have can't to go. Fuck with me like that. <laughs> no, I mean, I fully believe it. I, I think this shit's so real. I think ultimately what you believe is what's true for you too. Right. So for me, if I'm going to give it that power and it's going to creep me out, shit, it's like work. my light coming off is going to happen. Like it's, it's going to work. So I don't know. I mean, there's always a way to debunk it with science, but did it debunk it or did it make more questions? Like, absolutely. you know, like, yeah. Did it actually tell us anything? I don't know. So after this study, like right now, these scientists are trying to get some funding behind some more research using the Ouija board. They have this feeling that they can use it to really tap more into this non-conscious side of the brain ah. and possibly even catch things like early Alzheimer's or ants. I mean, these answers that people right. are getting more accurate when their hands on the board, putting the faith into like something external, whatever. They, they really think there's something here, but they're having a hard time getting it funded because people are like, no, dude, it's a fucking Hasbro Ouija board. Like, I'm not putting my money into this. For something to stick around for over 160 years yeah for over 160 years that's not just like a fad and a game like sure it's it holds power yes and I, whether we gave it the power or not like the power is, is there, there. I, how else do you explain these weird like that person able to get that security code thing for the box the and unexplainable like, ones the ones where they actually are giving answers is really crazy to me there's yeah. so many more like certain numbers certain locations and it ends up being right like i don't know Ugh. i'll leave you guys on a funny note i feel like this is getting a little spooky i'm getting sweaty like literally the start of my research i typed in ouija board stories mm. and the other day, like it was like a top headline. There was in Texas, a, a grandmother passed away. And at the funeral, she gave out cards that with a picture of her. And like, all I looked at the article, all these pictures of her. She's total cool grandma, like, like tongue out, <laughs> peace sign. Like she was like fun. And it, it, the cards were a picture of her and then like a little printout of a Ouija board. And it said, let's keep in touch. Hey. <laughs> and she passed him out at the funeral. Oh my so God. Cute. That is so dope. I saw that and I was like, okay, I'm going to write this down. I feel like that'll be a good thing to finish <laughs> on because it's a little more positive. That's great. There's a movie called Ouija too, right? Yes. I'm not going to watch it, but I, I saw it when I was researching and I didn't know there was a movie. I don't know if I've seen it, but I now I wonder, like, is there, like, some creepy shit surrounding it or whatnot? Probably. I don't care. This is the last time I'm talking about it. I'm Again, I'm surprised I've been talking about yeah, this episode. Yeah, I'm very surprised you did this. It was Once really I, cool. Thank you. Once I looked up, like, the science-y part, I was like, okay, wait, this is kind of sick. So I gave... You gave both sides a bit. What do you guys believe? After me giving both sides, again, I didn't research that fucking heavy, but do you, do you think it's science or do you think... It's spirits i really want to know science or spirits great podcast i really <laughs> want to know your guys perspective so let us know in the comments below let's also do that for patreon 
Mm-hmm. All our Patreon people, please, for Friday's episode, let us know what you think. Also, I feel like whenever we say Patreon people, it sounds like an exclusive club. Anybody can join. We yeah. have three tiers. It's always linked down below. If you are interested in it, we always have it in the description. I feel like it sounds like something that like is like a is like a different thing, not a part of the podcast, but it's, it's very much part of the it's podcast. It's just an extension of, it's the podcast. extension of the podcast. We have an extra episode every week on Fridays. So let's talk Ouija shit. Let's talk some more spooky stories. How yes. did you feel about Alex's story? Like, And send in, like, if you guys have any, like, written scary stories, send them in. Like, uh-huh. down to read more. For sure. I know come Friday, it'll be November, but, like, still spooky it's season. still spooky season. Kind of. Also, on Patreon, if you would like to join, um, it's a little bit different now. You can join any day, and you'll be charged on that day each month. So, they used to do it a different way. You would... You would sign up on a certain day and then you would also get charged on the first and their billing cycle or whatever was always on the first. But now they change their payment process. So you can sign up whatever day and then you'll get charged monthly on that same. Like, so say you signed up on the 12th, you'll get charged on the 12th of the next month and then onward. So I feel like um, it just makes it cleaner. It makes it nicer. cleaner. It was kind of like weird having to describe their other payment process before. I'm like, why was that even a thing? Right. But, but it'll make it easy on you guys. So we do have a Patreon. We also have a Discord um, with big group chat. And we have a few different tiers. And our hella tier, we do Zoom, Zoom calls every week, which is really fun. We all just like hang out. And a lot of times we're just like hung over and like vibing. And 90% of the time. We're like, guys, we're like, what'd you do it last night? We're like, I don't know. Like... <laughs> I feel like it's our Zoom call to like be checked in on. But it's yes. like a wellness check each it week. It's a wellness check. It's fun though. We I mean we talk about it, everything. Our Discord is fucking popping though. Literally the other night someone came on pretty late and was like, I need people. I need help with the. Uh, I need to Zoom you guys and do like a presentation because I need X amount of people on it for this class. And like we all hopped on a Zoom just randomly at like ten at night and it was fun. It was actually a great presentation. Yeah, by the way, really good. Um, but yeah, it's fun over there. If you want to join or if not, we appreciate your support either way. Again. If even if you're not on Patreon, leave us comments on YouTube. That's my favorite thing. Just reading the comments. Let us know how you feel about this episode. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate us five stars and leave a review. It helps us out a whole bunch, people. Happy Halloween. We love you. If you're going out tonight, please be safe. safe. Don't fuck with Ouija boards. I'm like really scared. Like I want to get the fuck out of this house. Don't fuck with Ouija boards. Oh fuck, our camera's gonna die. Love you guys. Okay, we're gonna go out. Like me. (laughs) Okay, creepy. Bye. Bye.